We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Ravens' three offseason priorities are to, one, hire a new offensive coordinator that can get the pass game going, two, extend Lamar Jackson, and then three, rebuild the wide receiver room. And the last two items certainly won't be cheap, but they're doable. Now, we talked to salary cap guru Brian McFarland about what Eric DaCosta would have to do to afford somebody like Cardinals wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins on top of all of that. I'm Sarah Ellison with Bobby Trossett. It is Friday, February 10th, and this is your morning Ravens update from inside the vault. So Lamar Jackson's social media activity has everyone wondering the same thing. What, if anything, does it actually mean big picture? Is there hidden messaging? I have some thoughts on all of that just ahead. Plus, we'll review the Ravens' top 10 free agents scheduled to hit the market in March and then discuss which ones we think the front office should try to keep. We have all that and more coming up. Thanks for waking up with the Morning Vault, where you get the most important Ravens news in about 15 minutes. So we recently had an extensive salary cap discussion with the GOAT, as far as we're concerned, of Ravens salary cap analysis, and that's Russell Street Reports' Brian McFarland. He is a walking encyclopedia when it comes to the team's cap, and one topic of conversation we had is how Eric DaCosta can afford to rebuild the wide receiver room, as he promised he would, with so much of the cap already tied up. Yeah, because Bobby, looking at the Ravens salary cap was looking at it today just six players are already taking up more than one third of the space 38 percent to be exact to start there's ronnie stanley who will be paid 23.7 million in 2023 and then marlon humphrey he'll be a 20 million price tag mark andrews coming in at 13.7 and there's kevin zeitler and clayus campbell getting 9.5 million each and then roquan smith at 9 million now, of all those guys, I don't think Calais's number is going to stay the same, whether he retires or whether the Ravens extend him. But the top six will still take up about one-third of the cap. Then you obviously have to add Lamar Jackson. And when he's tagged, that'll cost $45 million, which is about $20 million more than the Baltimore Ravens even have available at this time. 
So with all of that background, it made me wonder, how in the world are the Ravens going to afford a veteran wide receiver? How are they going to afford to rebuild this wide receiver room as they've promised? So, for example, let's take DeAndre Hopkins as a case study. He's somebody fans have been asking us about, so that's why I'm choosing him. And when I looked at Hopkins' base salary of about $20 million for next season, that's going to be his cap hit for the Ravens after a hypothetical trade. So I thought there's no way Eric DaCosta could make that work, and technically he can't as things stand now. But McFarland explained how two moves could change that calculus. If Lamar's on, on, you know, if they get a deal done, I think they can make that work. Obviously, uh, Hopkins isn't playing here at a $20 million cap number. That, and he's, I think he's got two years left. Yeah. And he's going he's gonna to want more money than $20 million. I mean, I, you know, so they're going to have to restructure or, or extend him, um, lower that first-year cap number, give him a big signing bonus, and, you know, and then have him under contract. I mean, let's say tack on three years to it. It's a five-year deal. Because um, I think he's only 29, is that right? Or he'll turn 30 this year. Um, so, you know, hoping you get the three years out of him um, and then deal with some of those, you know, that your four and five uh, cap implications at that point. So, I mean, it, 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 it's possible. I mean, you can, I mean, you could, they could get that cap number down to, you know, six million or seven million. I'm not saying it's going that low, but, mm-hmm. you know, they could definitely, uh, it's, again, making those back, those back end years high. Um, so it can be done. But with Lamar at 45, even then, I don't know if they could get even at a five or six million dollar cap number for for Hopkins. I don't know that they could. I mean, you know, I don't know that they could create enough space. I mean, if they restructure, I haven't I haven't done this. I guess I should probably you know run the numbers and restructure everybody who can be restructured just to see <laughs> how much they can actually come up with. Okay, so basically, first and foremost, to go get Hopkins. Lamar would need to be signed to a long-term deal. Like that's true financially speaking, but also as a way to make Baltimore a desirable place. And then secondly, Hopkins and the Ravens would have to agree to a long-term extension themselves in order to spread out his cap hits over say a five-year period. Because quite frankly, Sarah, whether EDC gets a deal done with Lamar or not, there's just not enough space for Hopkins' $20 million cap pit. That's just the bottom line. Yeah, and we haven't even discussed the trade assets, you know, in either players or or draft picks that it would take. But, uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's nice to know, of course, that it could work with an extension for both Lamar and Hopkins or, you know, insert any veteran wide receiver you might be interested in. But at the same time, Bobby, listening to that clip that we just played, what was really sobering to me was when Brian said the Ravens wouldn't even be able to afford Hopkins at $5 million, just $5 million for a receiver, if Lamar were to play on the franchise tag. Right, which is why I asked Brian how the Ravens could pull off rebuilding the wide receiver room, whether it's with Hopkins, another veteran trade, or just a free agent on the open market, if he remains on the tag all off season. Well, yeah, I mean, if if they can't get a deal done with Lamar, I'm not sure how they can, other by other than by really robbing, you know, robbing Peter to pay Paul, and really um, getting rid of a lot of. I mean, if it, to that to do that, they probably are saying, you know, goodbye to a guy like Kevin Zeitler, you know, who because there's there's like 6.5 million, I think, in cap savings if he's not here now. 
He's a guy I think they prefer to extend. He's on the last year of his deal. Again, kind of the Marshall Yonda treatment. He's, I think he's 33. Um, so, you know, for guards, you know, I mean, Yonda played to 37. I mean, and, he, and, and Zeitler played well last year. So he's certainly a guy they aren't going to want to get rid of. Uh, Gus Edwards, you know, there's 4.3 million in savings. Same with Devin Duvernay. Um, those are guys, you know, they'd rather have here. I mean, the, that that's a little high number perhaps for Duvernay, but, you know, so they're going to have to make Morgan Moses maybe even, and you're going to have to rely on Falele and hopefully he takes the next step. So, you know, there's, there's about two and a half million in savings there. So, yeah, I mean, if Lamar's on the 45, on the exclusive tag, um, they're going to, and they, if they want to do something like get a Hopkins, uh, you know, they're going to have to really um, cut to the bone in other places and get rid of guys they'd rather not, you know, they'd rather have here. Cut to the bone and rob Peter to pay Paul. Those are not two phrases anyone <laughs> is loving hearing right now. Uh, there aren't a lot of defensive contracts the Ravens can get out of, like the ones that Brian just mentioned on the offensive line. And and I sure would hate to sacrifice an offensive line for Lamar to bring in veteran receivers. So crossing our fingers, let's hope that the two sides can avoid that tag number of $45 million. So we talked to Brian for 45 minutes in total about Lamar, Marcus Peters, and a number of other salary cap implication issues. So check it out. Episode number 176 in the archives. You can listen to our entire conversation. But... Still to come here on The Vault, we received a ton, and I mean a ton of messages, inquiring about Lamar's recent activity on Instagram. We'll dive into that coming up. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, Bobby, everybody's reading into it. Everybody wants clarity on Lamar Jackson's recent Instagram activity and what, if anything, it means for his immediate future 
in Baltimore. Yeah. Uh, look, you know, <laughs> I released a video on this via my personal YouTube channel Thursday afternoon. So I guess I'll share here what I shared there. And that's this. I'm just done speculating. I really am. And I think you're with me on this partner. It's beyond stale at this point. And quite frankly, based on reading the tea leaves, something tells me a good portion of this fan base is over it as well. Um, at the same time, this is what had everyone talking, just to kind of lay out the facts. Lamar's latest Instagram post from Wednesday night pictured him in a purple winter hat, purple sweatpants. This was not Ravens merch for whatever it's worth, but they were purple. Uh, a pretty sweet customized t-shirt, matter of fact, from his MVP season, if you zoom in on it, and what looks to be his Ravens shield chain around his neck. So uh, that, along with the post being written with a caption that read, 2023 and the purple demon emoji. That's it, partner. Like, that's it. That's the context of his post. Yeah. And Bobby, I say we're all being trolled by Lamar Jackson. I think he's eating popcorn while reading everyone's replies. And to be honest, <laughs> it's become kind of a bit entertaining for me, too. So I confess to eating some of the popcorn right along with Lamar and just having fun with it. You know, Sarah. For all I know, we just might be getting trolled by Lamar, but I feel like the purpose of this topic is to simply address the buzz that, that his post created online and also acknowledge that while everyone's, of course, entitled to their opinions in terms of what the significance is or isn't, we would be doing you, the listener, a disservice if we were to overanalyze it and slap some cryptic clickbaity headline on this episode with a catchy thumbnail, right? Like, I feel like that's important to to talk about. Yeah, I think that's fair. And to be honest, for me, I find more meaning in other stuff, like the clips, the ones we played from Mark Andrews when he was at Super Bowl Radio Row. And he said that Lamar wants to be a Raven for life because he's talking to Lamar and he's been talking with him. I find more meaning in John Harbaugh and Eric DaCosta's messaging at the end of season press conference last month because I know that that means that they want to go after Lamar. I do believe that. Now, that doesn't mean a deal will get done, but if anyone's looking for optimism, I think you know that's a better place or a more substantial place to get it. But hey, I suppose it doesn't hurt that Lamar is posting pictures of himself in Ravens colors, Ravens gear, so I don't want to totally shut down anyone who finds hope in that. Yeah, no, no, like absolutely not. And, and hopefully we aren't coming across that way whatsoever. This is, in my opinion, estimation. This is simply us putting our foot down and really just refusing to speculate, overanalyze, and push a narrative that, in uh, to me, would be reaching for something that's provided us such little context when it comes to Lamar's immediate future in Baltimore. So Jeff Zarebic ranked the Ravens' top 10 free agents in-house that are about to hit the market. Again, they're completely free to sign with any team in a few short weeks. So, partner, give us those 10. All right. So Jeff has the list as follows. Number one, of course, quarterback Lamar Jackson. Number two, cornerback Marcus Peters. Then guard Ben Powers. Four, outside linebacker Justin Houston. Josh Oliver, wide receiver Demarcus Robinson, the other outside linebacker that's going to be free, Jason Pierre-Paul, running back Justice Hill, number nine, defensive end Brent Urban, and then number 10 coming up 
In the rear is running back Kenyon Drakes. All right, so Bobby, I think we both know that hell would freeze over before Baltimore let Lamar Jackson become an unrestricted free agent. But since he hasn't been signed or tagged yet, Jeff was obligated to include him. So here's my question. Putting Lamar to the side, who do you think Eric DaCosta should try to re-sign? So assuming he'd be willing to sign up for another team-friendly short-term deal as he did this past year, I'm going to go with Demarcus Robinson. I like him as a depth piece for Baltimore's wide receiver room and honestly think he provided much more than what Sammy Watkins could do serving in a similar role two years ago. So Sign me up for another year with D-Rob and maybe you know, a four. I'm not talking like a top wide receiver in Baltimore. I'm talking like a number four, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I could agree with that. And I think Robinson, based off of his <laughs> social media posts, certainly not only wants to return, but is acting as if that's already eminent. And I think that either Houston or JPP could return. Certainly not both. Brent Urban, just this last year, he played on a contract that was just over a million. That's a nice price. And I could see him return. But Meanwhile, I definitely think Powers is as good as gone. EDC pretty much acknowledged that in the final press conference of the season. And as good as Josh Oliver was, the Ravens are stacked at tight end, along with guys that are still on cheap rookie contracts to back up Mark Andrews. And then Marcus Peters. He's the one that I'm very curious about. I'd like to see him back, but at a much less uh, cheaper cost than he's been over the last three years. Uh, and I asked Brian McFarland what his price tag might be on the open market. Yeah, I mean, so his, this deal was, uh, I think, 13 or $14 million, the, the, the deal that's ending per year, which was actually a pretty good bargain for the Ravens. Uh, injury, lack of performance, I could see it being... On the low end, or I mean, I think I think eight millions, eight eight million per year is probably a good number. It could go up, obviously. Again, I you know I think he's a guy they really like, and you know he certainly brings an edge to the defense. Uh, you know, long um, maybe Roquan takes you know takes that mantle also, and we don't need that. We don't need Peter's edge as much as we have in the past. But I mean, from all reports, he's a student of the game. I mean, I remember Humphrey talking about when he first got, when Peters first got here, how he learned so much for, from him in that, la that half of a season um, uh, about how he anticipated and how he learned and, you know, in the study he did. So, uh, you know, and, and while, they, you know, he's, he's combustible, I guess we'll say, um, you know, he and, uh, and I know there was the one argument this year, but he and, you know, I mean, at the, even the last couple games, he's on the sideline and he's right next to Harbaugh and, you know, so they must they must get along well enough, or he'd be you know he'd be ten players away if they didn't um, you know on the sideline. So so I mean I think he's a guy they would like to have back again. It's just a, you know it's a matter of can they fit him. Uh, but I think probably eight million a year. I mean it's that's a substantial pay cut for where he was, but it's you know it's it given this last year and you know will he regain that step he lost or not and uh, obviously age for cornerbacks is a so you know 8 million a year 24 million a 3 year deal maybe maybe you can get a little lower but add incentives in so you know if he gets five interceptions a year you know or, or makes the pro bowl he gets you know he gets a bump things like that they could build in so they could potentially lower um the so it's maybe it's 24 in total max value but it's a you know, it's a 20 million, um, you know, base value. So it's really not 8 million a year unless he plays really well and, and earns it all.
And before we fly, some other quick news items, beginning with this honor for Ravens Director of Player Personnel, Joe Hortiz. The longtime Raven made Albert Breer's list of 25 future NFL general managers around the league. Now, Hortiz is 47 now, and he's been with Baltimore for 25 seasons and certainly overlapped uh, with you during your time in Owings Mills, Sarah. In other off-season travel news, Marlon Humphrey, how about this? Marlon Humphrey, Roquan Smith, Ronnie Stanley, and Tyus Bowser hit the road for Tokyo, Japan this week for a teammate trip. Now, I'm just wondering, Sarah, why didn't they give you a heads up? Because you and your family are heading over that way next month. We'll have much more on that in the coming weeks because I can't wait to hear about your itinerary. But finally, the NFL's annual award ceremony was held on Thursday night and Minnesota Vikings wide receiver Justin Jefferson got things started, taking home offensive player of the year. San Francisco 49ers defensive end Nick Boza captured defensive player of the year. New York Jets wide receiver Garrett Wilson earned Offensive Rookie of the Year. New York Jets cornerback Sauce Gardner won Defensive Rookie of the Year. Seattle Seahawks QB Geno Smith grabs Comeback Player of the Year, which to me was a shoe-in. And New York Giants head coach Brian Dable stole Coach of the Year from Jacksonville's Doug Peterson, but that's just one man's opinion. Plus, last but certainly not least... Kansas City Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes took home his second career NFL MVP. Thank you for listening to The Morning Vault. We created our show to keep you plugged into all things Ravens. So if you've been enjoying our content, please consider joining one of our membership platforms at patreon.com backslash Ravens Vault podcast. Now, as you know, we have been betting on ourselves by creating content independently from any big broadcast station or corporation. So with your membership support, you'll help us keep churning out daily Ravens content, hopefully for years to come. And a special shout out to our newest patrons, Ken Buckner and Bill Justice. We appreciate the support, guys, and thanks so much for believing in what we're building. We'd also love to hear from you with comments, questions, or if you'd ever be interested in advertising. You can reach us by email via Baltimore Ravens Vault at gmail.com. That is all the time we've got today. But again, go check out our salary cap special with Russell Street Reports' Brian McFarland, which was released earlier this week. 